Hey guys, welcome back to Unquestionable with Calvin Smith. It's me, your host, Calvin, as always. Now, I have a super special guest for today. I have Mr. Ronald Moorhead, who has spent a good portion of the past 50 years of his life searching for Bigfoot. And not just Bigfoot, but a time-traveling, interdimensional Bigfoot. Yeah, I know. This one's going to be interesting. Before we get into the actual interview with Mr. Moorhead... I wanted to run these audio clips by you guys. Now, Ron sent me these audio clips after the recording of this episode, and he claims that these are, in fact, recordings of Bigfoot, Big Feet? What's the plural? Bigfoot is actually, I guess, speaking. According to Ron, this first recording was a attention display from 1972. So before we get much further, let's take a listen to that short audio clip. Boy, now those were some interesting noises, wouldn't you say? I'm not even quite sure how to describe those. This next audio clip comes from two years later in 1974, and that evening of the recording of this next audio clip, Ron claims that this is when he had his first encounter with a Bigfoot. So let's take a listen. These audio clips, among many others, and the rest of Ron Moorhead's research can be found on his website, www.ronmoorhead.com, which I will link in the description of this podcast. But with that, let's get into the interview with Mr. Ron Moorhead and find out about the Quantum Bigfoot. Welcome, everybody, back to Unquestionable with Calvin Smith. Um, happy to have you guys here. And today I have, once again, a super special guest. I have Mr. Ron Moorhead. Uh, he is the uh, adventurer and possibly the world's leading expert in Bigfoot research and hunting. Uh, so, Ron, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Calvin. Great to be with you. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw, so I've been trying for quite some time to find a genuine Bigfoot hunter, you know, Bigfoot adventure, I guess, however you want to label yourself, someone who's yeah. genuine about the research and they're not just, you know, rubbing me the wrong way. You seem to be very genuine in your work and in your research. And so I thought you would be the perfect person to talk to. Um, Cause you know, I want to get to the truth. And 
So <laughs> thanks again for coming on. Um, I came across your book, The Quantum Bigfoot, when I was you know, looking for someone to talk to about Bigfoot, and it just really caught my eye. Um, I have yet to order it, but um, it's on my list of stuff to, to order. It's in my checkout cart on Amazon. So um, cool. yeah, I, I just knew I needed to talk to you sooner than later. And I thought talking to you before I actually get the book would be a good preface to what I may come across. Um, so, well, actually, it might be just the opposite. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know okay. what to ask me, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll get to it all here in a few minutes. But yeah. first of all, I'm not a hunter. I mean, I'm not a Bigfoot hunter. I'm a researcher and an experiencer. Sure. I experienced these beings uh, years ago in the 1971s when it started for me. I was 29. And uh, it was in a very remote area of the Sierra Nevada Mountains. And uh, anyway, uh, they were messing around in our camp at night and uh, taking food we'd left out and things like that. So a little, uh, little frightening at first because we don't know what you're dealing with. It's a hunting camp. Mm -hmm. It had been habituated by the Johnson brothers since 1958. So it's, uh, it's, they've been going there for a long time, but this thing was different, whatever was messing with them at night. And uh, so they came out and told the rest of us. And anyway, I ended up getting involved in the group and became a hunter actually then, not a Bigfoot hunter, but just a hunter because it was a pristine okay. hunting camp, uh, eight miles in the wilderness, uh, about 8,400 feet in elevation. So wow. kind of imposing to get to, very imposing actually. And uh, it snowed out in the wintertime, you know, high country. So you only get in there during the summer and the fall spring okay. yeah i gotcha so and we started going back and taking tape recorders and uh recording them and uh as i got started it really got kicked in the pants when uh when al berry started going up there i say kicked the pants it was a big shove forward because he he was an investigative reporter thinking it was a hoax and he was looking for a hoax up there uh couldn't find one he ended up recording the things too and he actually fostered a study at the university of wyoming uh, a year-long study to uh, to determine for sure that the sounds were credible. He had the original tapes, and he uh, had Professor Curlin, uh, electrical engineer, professor of electrical engineer, study them for a year, and he came out with a report. Uh, they were not manipulated. They were not speeded up or slowed down. They were inside, outside, below, and above the human average human range, and that uh, kind of it's unique because they do have a very expansive vocal mechanism. We found. Gotcha. over the years now but he he had the first scientific study that was done on it. that was 1976 i think it was gotcha. at first he went to syntonics research in new york which was the people that said the watergate tapes some people yeah. don't remember who watergate who president nixon was yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah yeah <laughs> they said the watergate tape so he thought he'd go right to the top first but they don't do that stuff for free right and right. uh he, uh, he they did do a preliminary listen to him though and said there's no 60 cycle hum which was shown pre-recording re-recording they were too powerful to be human made and uh, so they kind of gave him a, a pretense and that's all in a book that he wrote in 19 uh, uh, uh late 70s i think it was he co-authored it with Anne slate called bigfoot he gives our account in that book and uh Anyway, uh, they suggested he find a professor somewhere of engineering to establish the tapes. And uh, he did that, Professor Curlin. So he fostered everything. Uh, it wasn't until 2008 when a crypto link. Oh, by the way, Dr. Curlin gave his report of Anthropology Unknown in British Columbia in 1978, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, he, he subsequently wrote, written a paper on it. And uh, that paper is uh, produced in the uh, Man Like Monsters on Trial, a book 
made by the UBC Press in Vancouver. And uh, so that was um, that was produced in 1980 by by UCB Press. So his whole paper can be read there. Uh, he talks about the whistles, he talks about the sounds, and he shows a graph to how the sound icons go in and out of the average human range. Okay. And, uh, of course, now we know that for sure. I mean, other people have studied them since then. Okay. So anyway, so... it goes on from there. And I started my quest to find out what's going on because there's more going on with these things than meets our three-dimensional eyes. <laughs> and we only see within certain parameters and uh, uh, we only know what we've been taught by Newtonian physics and and some of the classical science, which is Newtonian physics, uh, don't answer the issues we were coming across up there, the, the anomalies and things were going on with lights and sounds that we couldn't identify. And I don't mean vocalizations, I mean other sounds, metallic sounds and things like that. So okay. that got me into quantum physics years ago. And I subsequently wrote my second book, which was Quantum Bigfoot. The first book, Voices in the Wilderness, it's uh, it's my chronicle of doing this for 40 some odd years. And, now it's been over 50 years so okay all getting older that's how it all begins <laughs> gotcha so going back to the the initial i guess birth of your curiosity in in the early 70s did you physically have you actually seen um a bigfoot or a sasquatch or did uh, did food just kind of disappear from no, I, I saw one in 1974. I was actually okay. interacting with them outside our shelter, which was very unusual. It's been really for three years, yeah. And uh, that's when Bill and I, he, he and I were both kind of camp early, uh, taking supplies in, and these things uh, were there and uh, started interacting with us while we we're outside the shelter, which was pretty unique. And I, I got my little recorder out of my saddlebag and started recording it all. So that's I subsequently got my second CD going which shows, it talks about the rock popping, the tree knocking and the interaction I had, the vocalizations. Later, when the cryptolinguist started listening to this uh, also, he said the same vocal mechanism made this these sounds that made the ones in 71, 72 that Alberry had recorded. So, uh, well, we're all recording all of us up there. It was five of us and uh, well, it used to be six, but one guy would go back. <laughs> it was pretty frightening. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I saw one that night uh, shooting through the trees. It's been coined by Matt Moneymaker at uh, uh, as the Samurai Cry. He heard them in 1995, just before he started his uh, his BFRO website. And uh, he coined the sound. That sounded like a samurai ah, behind me. And right. He shot down through the trees. I seen him go right by us there. And it was very fast, extremely fast. I don't know how no human could do what I saw. And uh, almost like it was floating down through the trees to the other two, we think of a small one and a, and a mother, we think, because of the sounds that were going on, the amplitude of the voices and what have you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's. I couldn't identify any details on it other than it's just a big something shooting down through the trees. And uh, it, it's the first time we'd actually got a glimpse of one. Bill and I both saw, he saw it at a different time. But uh, if you don't see what made the sound, sometimes you don't know what made the sound. You know, that's, that's the words are going out. But that was right, the night when right. you got to see what made the sound and uh that's unique and my daughter now she saw them three times and uh, she's had some pretty good sightings reports gotcha. and, uh, but one time okay. in 2012 she saw one and <clears throat> we found the trackway and uh i started following it and uh all of a sudden it just stopped <laughs> you know i've been hearing reports about trackway trackway stopping and most researchers at that point would just uh throw it out 
you know, they say, well, it's a hoax or some helicopter picked it up or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. so they just discredit the whole thing. But this happened to me. And I mean, the trackway was deep and we couldn't even make a print in it. And it was a, a subsequent, uh, right after a sighting my daughter had. And so I looked around the trees, well, could have jumped to a tree, could have jumped to a big boulder someplace, could have jumped somewhere else. And I couldn't find any evidence anywhere where it had gone. So that put me on another quest. Well, maybe these people aren't crazy that's been telling me all this stuff, you know? So I, uh, gotcha. I never thought they were crazy. I always listened to them, you know, because people say they saw them disappear. People see the, you know, the trackway stop. Well, now it's happened to me. So I, what, how can that be? Well, you get into quantum physics and it, it, it shows a different picture of how things really, really work throughout the universe, throughout the, from the atom to the cosmos, according to uh, Professor uh, um, Christopher Blair at Texas, West Texas A&M. And uh, he says that everything works through quantum physics. Most people think that, or a lot of people think, well, it just works in the micro world, the little world, microwave ovens and cell phones. Well, no, everything starts that way, but it goes on because it just continues. It's in our consciousness. It's in, our, it's in us. We have to work and understand the laws of, of physics a little bit to, uh, excuse me. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and uh, the laws of physics to, uh, and you, you may not understand how the end of the universe can be, because it can't be, right? But I asked that when I was a kid. Well, if everything's measurable, predictable, like classical science says, there ought to be a, a measurement on how far it is in the universe. Somebody tell me that. Well, no one could ever tell me that. No one can still tell you that. So it's not something you can know, but it's something you can conceive. It just has to be that way. And you have to accept something you can't see or hear. It's just that way. Well, that goes out through a lot of things. We we live in a three-dimensional environment and uh, there's other dimensions existing according to physics. And uh, we only see within the light's frequency, which is 440 terahertz to 770 terahertz. And that's all we see, but all these other frequencies are out there. And according to Nikola Tesla, everything is frequency, energy, and vibration. So that's who we are at the most minute level, according to Einstein, according to mm -hmm. Sergeant Hawkins, energy which we are all made of at the most minute level cannot ever die now if you're a religious person you say well i'm going to go to heaven when i die well that's just another dimension according to quantum physics and uh, so things are happening that you don't see we don't hear within frequencies we don't hear ultrasound or infrasound but they exist we don't smell like a bear does uh, through uh, his olfactory sense but we, we know those senses and those frequencies are there because everything is a frequency. So okay. you get into that. I, I actually, I was raised religiously. I'm not religious now, but I'm a spiritual person like we all are, like it or not. And, and uh, but you get into how these masters of the old did their miracles. They did it through, I think, the laws of quantum physics. Because we're told that we can do those things, but we have not evolved far enough to do it yet. Now, can these things disappear? Can matter change into energy? Yes, according to, to Dr. Paul Dirac of uh, Florida, 1933, he won a Nobel Prize for the mathematical equation that showed where matter can turn into energy. Well, that was eventually uh, uh, substantiated uh, through uh, CERN in, in Switzerland, showing that that was in 2012. So matter can turn into energy. Uh, of course, we all do. We're matter right now. We turn into energy when we pass on. But can these things do that through sound frequency and somehow come back? 
that's the question right there how does that work right but it, it, uh, that's that's physics so i think it can work if you got the frequency right okay now so I, I go on and on and on just ramble on so i'll stop unless you ask me questions <laughs> no you're you're good no no worries at all you're answering a lot of questions i had for you so um my question for you is how would the uh, evolutionary lineage for bigfoots work like if we're looking at um bigfoot and how you know humans came to be who we are today where would bigfoot fit into this evolutionary well, lineage let me, let me go with that one yeah i think the troglodytes came and have been here for eons i think they did evolve uh somehow i think aliens have also been here they're here now and uh, they've been coming here for eons i think they've manipulated the dna of different primates and different species to possibly acclimate their species to this atmosphere this climate um that could be how how the relic hominid evolved, you know, because something made these things a little different than what a regular ape is. <laughs> these are not just ape in the woods running around. These things have sentiency. They have consciousness. They're they're they got a human part in their genome, and uh, that's been established, I think, a little bit by well, quite a bit. It depends on how you want to accept it. But uh, anyway, I think the, prior to us being created by the beings of light, which I think is a ninth-dimensional. Uh, aliens and some people call it god i believe in god but god is plural if you really research this and, and a lot of uh, ancient uh, lore says that beings from the light from the sky are shiny ones and they were beings of light and so that's what we're made from made in that image and it's very very unique because we're very special humans are and i, I think we need to realize that and realize who we are as humans and we can evolve but you, you also got to realize what gets us to evolution, what makes us get more and more better is our, our frequency and how we treat things and how we treat the earth and how we treat everything. And if you do everything with love and compassion, you're going to increase your frequency. You're going to graduate, so to speak. And uh, I think that's what we're supposed to be doing instead of okay. wiping out the earth and tempting bombs and hurting yeah. people. You know? Right, right. So do you... Do you have or do you know of any actual, um, I guess, demonstrable DNA evidence for Bigfoot? Like, do we have actual evidence, something well, that yeah, we can look at ago, and say this is from a Bigfoot and that's demonstrably yeah. true? Well, there's years ago, uh, geneticist named Melba Ketchum uh, did a DNA study on 108 supposedly samples of, of Bigfoot that had been collected from different places. and. She came back with a report saying that there was a human uh, component in the mitochondria DNA, which is the maternal side. Mm -hmm. The nuclear side, she got off. She she had to guess at that one because there was no there was no matching it in the gene bank. There were 227 billion samples. There's no matching what the human, which would be the male counterpart. So she says, well, that's evidence of alien intervention. That's alien. That's the Nephilim from the biblical days. You know, that's the giants. How they got here. Well, that's maybe where she should have went. But another uh, geneticist got a hold of her paper and says, well, maybe her paper wasn't flawed because the first word that came out of all the scientific journals was, well, it's, it's, it's tainted with human genomes. So that means it's, it's been contaminated or something. Mm -hmm. Well, no, maybe it wasn't. She swears I've done. It wasn't, you know? So this other guy, uh, Professor Harder, I think's his name, he came out with a paper that said that uh, possibly the relic hominid could have crossbred with indigenous people, humanoids uh, over the eons. And 
and got got somehow got the DNA. But that means they would have had to have 23 pairs of chromosomes, which uh, you know everything else has 24. Great apes do. We have the 23. Okay. So that means it could be in breeding. And of course, the native lore goes way back into saying, yeah, they used to take our women. So uh, you get all, put all that together and maybe Melba Ketchum's, uh, you know, her thoughts were not scientific, but they certainly bear a little weight here and think in the way we have to think about this. Or right. it could be both. You know, it could be the relic hominid has advanced up to and, and just adopted some of the human genome in his uh, DNA. So yes, there has been DNA studies on it. Now, most scientists won't touch this subject and it's hard to get a geneticist, especially to, to tackle this subject. It's hard to get any academia to really say anything about Bigfoot, right? It's cartoonish. Right. So they don't, they don't get into it. They'll lose tenure. They'll, lose, uh, they'll possibly lose uh, credibility for sure with their academic colleagues. And they just uh, stay away from it. And of course, a lot of those places are funded by the government. And I think the government controls the narrative of of just about everything. Whoever's in charge of of people during whatever time they're reigning is going to control the narrative. Okay. The so, so your belief is kind of that the the government is basically suppressing this information for Bigfoot, essentially. Yeah, I believe that. Okay. I don't know that for sure, but I believe that. Right. Right. Why can't you find one? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a reason if they are interdimensional, which that could be if they could change their, their matter into energy, if they can get out of your perception, then they're in, in another realm that you can't see. That might be another dimension. Uh, also, they've been seen cloaking. I know some very, very well people that sort of done, they saw them disappear right in front of their eyes. Well, also in this movie that I was just in, uh, that David Pilates produced, uh, Missing 401, The Hunted. Oh, I got okay. about a 50 minute section in that. Well, right after that, this lady who was, um, who was hunting uh, in a tree saw this pixelated form go from one tree to another and that's well worth watching somebody wants to because that's just what other people have described to me and uh, that has to be the fourth dimension of time when they leave out of our three-dimensional environment and going passing through that's probably where people see ghosts too so could there be other things besides bigfoot could there be like the dog man all that stuff's reported well mm -hmm. if it, how many aliens you think could be out there in these trillions and trillions of stars are out there and why planets that probably exist in this universe uh yeah they've been coming here uh, there's evidence of all over the world i've been into peru and bolivia and, and siberia and all over uh, looking at different things and um yeah they're here now i think and a lot okay. of them are probably yeah, in yeah the waters. okay now i wanted to get your opinion on something so with the kind of with the accessibility of the technology and the advanced technology that we have today trail cams and everything in between how is it that in 2022 we don't as far as i know we still don't have a picture of a bigfoot or like a video of a bigfoot that we can look at it and say this is a bigfoot and i guess that kind of leads me into my question do you think that the Patterson Gimlin film, you know, the, the famous, uh, you know, Patterson, the Patty, you know, walking through the forest or whatever, um, was, do you think that was a hoax or do you think that was an actual Bigfoot? I don't think it was a hoax. No, okay. I, I know Bob and I, I don't think it was a hoax. At least if it was, he, he don't know anything about it, but it's been studied by forensically. It's been studied second only to the Kennedy assassination if I read my data right. And uh, it's, it's not a hoax. Uh, they couldn't do those things in 1967. They couldn't make a costume like that. They would 
have all the inflections and everything going on with it. Uh, yeah, I think Roger Patterson was set up to do something like that. He was he was trying to make a film on Bigfoot. He ran across this in real. However, what's going to always be a little bit of a gray area with that film is the fact that you don't see the first run. It's been manipulated somehow, but that doesn't negate what's there. It just negates something that's that you don't know <laughs> because the original film can't be can't be right, viewed. Right. So that's that's what causes it. You've also got the Freeman footage, which has now been it used to be debunked by the professionals, but since um, I think Jeff Meldrum's looked at it, uh, he's written a paper on it. It just you know, it's it's not. It's real, and he 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 agrees with it. You know, this whoever was looking at it first just didn't know what they were doing. He's a forensic, you know, and uh, so it's uh it's they're out there. So there is a couple of movies, uh, the Freeman footage and the Patterson film are the are the good ones. That, yeah, that uh, and there's been a lot more, but again, no one's really researched them as, as depth as some of these others. Uh, they're why the trail cams don't work? Well, I know people who've been setting up those for years. I mean, they still do. Uh, I think these things can sense energy. They are energy, and uh, they they probably know what they're all about. They're sentient, and and that's what people don't understand. The researchers, especially, they don't they don't. I don't know what they think about my research because I'm I'm the experiencer. I'm the one that's dealt with these things over and over. And there's just they're out there trying to find the ape in the woods, you know, with the trail cam. And I don't, I don't put them down. I guess I am in a way, but they're good people. They're yeah. just doing what they think is right, but they're looking through Newtonian physics, like, like okay, it has to be right here within this parameters that we've set. It has to be an ape in the woods because that's what, that's what the relic hominid is, an ape in the woods, right? Well, they're more than that. They're a lot more than that, and I've experienced that those enigmas that are associated with them, and i've just got into my quantum physics because i believe that's probably the answer that paints a lot of the picture for us gotcha okay so i guess my next question would be um what are your opinions on all of these bigfoot researching shows you know like hunting bigfoot and you know the history channel sci-fi discovery channel they all have their own bigfoot shows that they do um do you think that all of these shows are telling the whole truth or do you think that some of them are spreading misinformation or wrong information uh they show what they think the demographic wants to hear you know it's hollywood and they will cut out i've been on those things and they cut out a lot of what you say if they don't think the demographic they're shooting for is going to mm -hmm. go for it so they just uh you know they give they take what they want they these networks will hire a production company to do what they say this is what we want get it for us production company contacts like me or some of these other researchers and they'll see what you've got and they'll film you for a few days and then take what they want out of it that fits the narrative that their production that their production company has to get so are they real or not um i think they're trying to be some of them are, are working towards it but they're only going to give you what they think you can handle and what you think that you can accept what they think you can accept I, I was just up in Alaska this last summer on that Portlock uh, adventure. The History Channel took me in there, and uh, uh, Discovery Channel, excuse me, I think it was. Anyway, they took me to this remote area, Portlock, where these people had been maimed years ago. I did an eight-part series on it here last year. It's still on Discovery Plus, I think. And I'm on episode four and five, but they only took what, now they filmed me for a few days, but only took what they thought would fit their narrative and used mm. it that way which 
you know, the people were real. They are, really are trying to uh, get to the bottom and re-habituate re, uh, that that uh, that uh, area that they had years ago when these people were were just evacuated out of there because they couldn't handle so many people who had been killed and ripped apart by supposedly a Bigfoot. So they took me in there because they called me an expert. I'm not sure about that, but mm. <laughs> experts supposed to know everything. No, actually, an expert is supposed to know a little bit more than everybody else, I think. Okay. So you, so right there, you said that people have supposedly been killed or mauled by Bigfoot. Well, that's what they were saying. Okay. But then why? They want to know why and what, what's safe. Is it safe to come back and habituate this? Because it was a fishing village. It happened 70 years ago. You can read about it. It's a fact. It's not like it's some myth or something. This really did happen. It's the newspapers, everything up there. Uh, it was 70 years ago in the forties. And, um, maybe 80 now <laughs> anyway uh, yeah uh, people were turned up missing people turned up with maimed they knew it wasn't a bear they'd been getting glimpses or seeing this monster type bipedal something uh, and that's the story but there's no people alive today that you can actually talk to that were there so you have to just go by the stories that were there and hand it down to their descendants who was there at the camp with me along with the filming crew and uh I gave them my advice, you know, they were overfishing it, in my opinion, they were over lumbering, they, they were taking a lot of lumber out of that area. And I flew over in a helicopter and, and analyzed it before I even landed there just to see what I could see. And uh, they were also mining the area. So I think these things just don't like that stuff, you know, we're destroying the earth. And uh, they might have been just overdoing that. And I said, the best way to do it is just come back here without the filming crew and just be here a few days and see what happens and show respect for the property. Okay. So I guess kind of where I'm, I'm a little caught up is if um, at this time where, you know, it's believed that Bigfoot were possibly attacking people and, and, you know, killing people in some cases. Um, and you determined that it, it wasn't a bear and it wasn't, you know, a, a mountain lion or something like that. What, made you say okay it's it's not a big or it's not a, a bear it's not a mountain lion therefore it's a bigfoot uh, well because of the bodies they found a bear would have eaten them if he was going to kill them why uh, plus they saw it i mean there's been witnesses to it supposedly and uh, uh they knew it it was probably a bigfoot i mean what they didn't call it a bigfoot they called it something else but uh, right. same thing it was huge, big, and it's more than one of them, I think. I told them that, you know. And so uh, it's that's they just determined that's what it must be. And they wanted to know what it takes to be safe and come back there and rehabilitate to their, their village because it's a good fishing spot. Yeah. Nice area, really pretty. And uh, uh, it's a port lock, they call it. Okay. Uh, anybody can research that, and, and there's videos been made of it before. and. Like I say, uh, it's on Discovery Plus now. I think the newer, newer eight-part series. For sure, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check out all these shows that you're talking about. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of sightings around of these things around where they're timbering, cutting down trees, and uh, I think that's a rig no-no around these things. It's destroying the earth and taking down things like that more and more over the years i just thought well that's a coincidence but you just feel these people that are timbering or cutting trees down are spotting these things and uh, so i kind of think that maybe there's a correlation between them and the trees i actually got a couple of people to say they've actually seen them uh 
materialize into or out of a tree. And that's weird, you know, how can that happen? Well, if they could turn the matter into energy, it can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so these people are fairly credible. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I thought they're credible. I know them pretty well. And uh, so, yeah, years ago, I heard a guy came to me, a big Paul Bunyan type logger, you know. And right, he said, right. I'll tell you something, he's kind of a quiet guy. He doesn't talk much. Married to a Native American there in uh, California. He said, I... I was cutting down the trees out here in my land and uh, to get some firewood and stuff. And he looked over and seen this big guy standing over there squatting down, looking at him. And he put his chainsaw down. He said, go see what this guy wants. And he put it down. The thing stood up. And it was a Bigfoot. And he walked behind a bush. And he said, the bush, he went over there and the bush was seven foot tall. And he seen his head go behind the bush. So a little bigger than he or he and he was pretty big <laughs> so that that's years ago when uh, the guy told me that so there's uh and he's credible i mean he's just quite kind of guy you don't say nothing and when he does you want to listen because it's, it's got some substance to it yeah gotcha as far as like so it sounds like bigfoot are, are very concerned with the destruction of the environment and the the destruction of essentially their their home the i guess our world how, however you want to word yeah, it good. um but wouldn't it be so so bigfoot seem to kind of essentially be scared of humans you know they don't really want to interact with us but wouldn't it make more sense if uh let's say there's some loggers cutting down some trees the bigfoot doesn't like it wouldn't it be in the Bigfoot's favor to reveal himself and say, hey, you know, you're cutting down my trees. Stop that. Or, you know, uh, if, if he can interdimensionally travel or time travel or, you know, whatever he's able to do, um, wouldn't, I mean, why wouldn't it just like appear, you know, in the White House or something and say, hey, I'm a Bigfoot. Stop cutting well, down my forest. I think, number one, they're not supposed to interfere with our karma, what we're supposed to be experiencing. A life here on Earth for us is experiences. How we respond to those experiences is what's important. And uh, I, I don't think anything is supposed to interfere with your choices. And I think they're part of that, you know, because we are, we are the primary species on this planet, um, we think. <laughs> but there's... Uh, there's uh, aliens here, I think, now, and uh, now that our government says we can believe in UFOs and aliens, well, it's okay to talk about it, but you know, I seen something up there at our camp one time, a big a UFO coming down. This was during the Bigfoot stuff, and I say UFO is big. It looked like a, a moon coming down, uh, mm. so really slow and controlled, and I lost it behind the trees, but that was during the, the Bigfoot encounters we were having, <clears throat> besides the other anomalies that were going on. <clears throat> excuse me interesting so they are and they're not all the same i don't believe <clears throat> some of them have diluted diluted themselves down over eons from crossbreeding with indigenous people and uh some of them haven't you know what we were dealing with in the sierras had a had a language by the human definition of language and that's unique because you find out through well, curlin's work that you know it was outside, inside, below, and all that, uh, Dr. Curlin, of uh, the human range. And you get the cryptolinguist study. I'm a two-time graduate of the Cryptolinguistic Foreign School of Foreign Languages, trained by the Navy, the military, to decide to transcribe, see if this sounds worse, a language or not, to see if there's any deception in this going on with codes and things like that. And he, he spent a, a career doing that. Well, he got a hold of these sounds by accident in 2008. 
he came all the way up from Missouri where he was teaching foreign languages at the time because he retired. And uh, he interviewed me in Allenberry and he got the contacts and, and asked if he could study the sounds too. He went back and studied them like Curlin did. And he said that they, they are a language. They are definitely a language, which, all right, that takes a whole to another level if they got language like we do. Well, it's a lot more fast, it's rapid, but it's a language. And he, he slowed it down and transcribed it as a language. And uh, anyway, I find out that if humans, according to Philip Lieberman, Brown University, only humans have the vocal mechanism to create language, like I'm talking now. Mm -hmm. Hyoid bone, I can run as much muscles into the tongue, nervous system into the brain, so I can, I can talk with what I'm seeing. I can tell you what I'm seeing. You know, no other animal on the face of this planet is supposed to have that. Well, then when you get into, to uh, what these things are, there's a human component to them. And then you get into the DNA that I talked about a little few minutes ago, and there's a human DNA in the mitochondrial. So there's a human component to them. And it just all that stuff just adds into these things are more than just an ape in the woods. They're, they're something special, but we are more special because they're not supposed to interfere with us like, like some of them do. These were things were interfering with us up there. And they were toying with us. We thought we were examining them or studying them. Well, I think they were messing with us. And okay when they're in our three-dimensional environment they have to live by our three-dimensional rules right which means they can be shot they can be they can eat they they poop they procreate they do all that stuff uh but when they step out of it time as we perceive it doesn't exist in the fifth dimension other dimensions you know it's just different and you have to get into quantum physics to understand that a little bit gotcha so essentially so you would say that bigfoot would technically be related to us humans right uh yes in a way mm -hmm. okay but, so... but they don't have the nuclear dna that we have okay if you know what i mean by that that's, so that's would it be possible for us to do the things that you believe bigfoot does like you know interdimensionally travel or you know yes i think so yeah we okay. just haven't evolved far enough yet they've probably evolved further than us that's kind of a bold statement to say because we think we're primary people on this face this planet but if these things came up through the rather hominid idea and just evolved over all these eons of time uh, they probably have evolved further than we have as far as that part of it they have a speech they have a human component to them but they're not human like we are we are made like i say by the light frequency gotcha yeah see, see like how i how i look at evolution is like you know, nothing is more advanced than another thing. Like we're no more advanced than like a cat or anything like that. To me, we all kind of, you know, evolve on a, um, on, I guess the same basis, you know, like no organism is, is any more advanced or more special than another organism. Um, at least that would be my, my take. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Well, I don't think cats are necessarily a sentient, uh, dogs aren't, you know, they, they may have uh, self-awareness, but they're not what we are. Uh, we're, we're different. Our DNA is different. So, no, we're, we're, we're special. Uh, and I firmly believe that we just have to evolve more like the ancients taught, tried to teach us how to do, uh, which was to raise our frequency and care for other people and get better at things. <laughs> don't, don't harbor resentment and just don't be a victim. Just 
don't be a victim. So many people yeah. want to be a victim, you know. Something happens, they think, well, why didn't God do that to me? Well, no, you did it yourself, probably, you know, through the choices you made. There you go. And, I, you know, I get into, I think the heart has a mind of its own, and uh, that has to be in coherence with the brain, because your brain will tell you one thing, your heart will tell you something else. You need to get into the, uh, you know, they call it the gut feeling. Uh, you feel this in your heart, it says go that way, you should go that way. And, and don't go what your brain says unless you've got the coherence going on, which feeds each other. And you do that also by meditation, open up your pineal gland, which the third eye, which the ancients talk about, uh, it's in there. It's got all the attributes of an eyeball, so it doesn't need light. Well, it, it, that's how you receive information from the, the universe, okay? I'll call it the universe, because all consciousness and all things are known by the universe you we just think we're separate individuals but we're all really one uh it goes on from there it's really yeah. exciting to me i gotta tell you it's yeah just... it is super interesting i've i've been interested in you know bigfoot talk whatever you want to call it for as long as i can remember i've always been just super interested in this type of stuff so mm -hmm. once again i'm super happy to have you on and you know talk about this type of stuff with I guess I would call you an expert, but <laughs> <laughs> um, now let me ask you this. I'll, I will kind of end it after this, but I do have a question on a scale from zero to a hundred percent. How confident are you that Bigfoot is real and exists and what would it take to change your mind? If anything, well, I don't think anything could change my mind. I'm 100% uh, sure they exist. I've encountered them. I've got glimpses of them i know they're there i've studied this thing now for over 50 years and uh though they're there and there's not hundreds anymore but thousands of people are coming forward with their stories and most people won't do that years ago wouldn't do that because you're made fun of same mm -hmm. thing academia's just got to step up the plate a little bit and understand that they got to get out of their parameters that they've been trained in a discipline that keeps them in this newtonian physics parameters and they got to understand that, well, they do understand, but they just won't get out of it because, like I said earlier, they lose credibility right. if they tackle a subject like Bigfoot. But there's so much more going on that we can't see with these three-dimensional eyes. And trust me, there's stuff going on right now around you and me both that we just don't see. Uh, once you understand that you just don't know everything, that we're not cream of the crop here, or we might be cream of the crop, but we don't know everything there is to know yet. We just got to evolve more and uh, understand through through love and compassion how to evolve more because that'll change your personal vibrational frequency higher it'll graduate you into a better life for yourself while you're here and also into hereafter whatever that is and there you have it folks ron thank you so much for coming on the show i really had an awesome talk with you i mean i learned a ton about you and i'm excited to now read your book quantum bigfoot I'm going to order it literally as soon as I close off this call, I'm going to order it right now because uh, now okay. I feel a need to read it. And uh, I'm also going to get your, uh, your first book too. What, what was that first book called again? Uh, Voices in the Wilderness. All these are on my website, ronmoorhead.com, M-O-R-E-H-E-A-D, one O. Yes. And uh, it's all downloadable or you can order the hard copies of the books and paperbacks. And uh, I sell quite a few of them. People are really getting into this. I got conventions lined up. Uh, I speak, I got another podcast right yeah. after yours here today i had one last night i got one <laughs> so this really is, people are just interested in this subject and I, I seem to be out of the box with with classical science you know i'm over here they call me the woo-wooer well <laughs> to me that's that's a compliment because that's what einstein was that's what tesla was that's what you know max plaque won the, won the Nobel prize for 
or quantum physics in 1918. So this modern science of class or quantum physics is, is new. And so many people don't want to get into it because it's hard to understand. You know, it's really not hard to understand. You have to conceive it because it's mathematically established by physicists. And once you get out of that box, because like I, I said yesterday, a, a parachute will only, op will only work when it opens. So keep an open mind and that, that way you can learn more because your brain's only going to take what, what it's been taught. So you, you need to open up your mind so you can learn more and then you'll understand more. There you go. You guys got to keep your mind open. Like I always say, I always say that. So look at that. You're, yeah, from, you're helping to. me out. So with <laughs> that, Ron, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to link everything that you do and all your books and everything in the description of this podcast so that everyone can check out your website, your books, and uh, learn more about you and your research. So thank you thanks so again, much, Ron. I appreciate having me on. Absolutely. Take care.